1: training in making things easier for men which is don't ask for what you want don't talk about a relationship you'll look crazy every time I hear a man say he has a crazy ex-girlfriend I'm like what did you do to her
0: hello and welcome to the self-love club the podcast chatting about stuff that matters I'm your host podcaster Val Crawford thank you so much for joining me On the show, part one of our two-part series on self-love, dating, and relationships with Bumble. Now, Bumble is the app that started a movement by putting women in charge when dating, and they've released their self-love report. And after surveying over 1,000 single Kiwi Bumble users, found that 73% of single Kiwis believe that having high levels of self-love is one of the best ways to set you up for a healthy romantic relationship. And 66% agree that when you have higher levels of self-love, you're more likely to feel equal in your romantic relationships. We're joined by Bumble's APAC, that's Asia and Pacific, Communications Director, Lucille McCart, to chat openly about dating and have fun while we're at it. How does your relationship you have with yourself show up in your romantic relationships? We're gonna dive into what that can look like. And look, we know that dating can be a wild world to navigate. So as your dating coaches, we're here to help. We share our experiences, how to set up your profile, tips for dating, and an empowering approach to handling rejection. This episode isn't just for singles. Self-love doesn't stop when you're in a relationship. In fact, it's so important in order to have a healthy one. So if you're in a relationship, this is for you too. Before we get into it, please hit follow to subscribe to the Self Love Club on your podcast app now and follow us at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Belle Crawford with all the details in the show notes. Let's get into my conversation with Lucille. Lucille, welcome to the Self Love Club. Thank you so much for your time. Now, as we have heard, you are Bumble's APAC Communications Director. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Tell us a bit about your role and what you do at Bumble.
1: So my role leads our communication and PR strategy for Asia Pacific, so that covers countries like Australia and New Zealand, but also India, Singapore and the Philippines. And my job is really about communicating our message of what Bumble is, which if you haven't heard of it, is a dating app where women make the first move. So it's really interesting getting to talk to people in such a diverse range of places about what women being in charge of their dating experience looks like for them. And yeah, it's a it's a privilege to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. Now, Bumble has done a self-love report and
1: tell us about this. Yeah, it's very fitting for <laughs> this podcast, but we were thinking about in the lead up to Valentine's Day, you know, the, everyone on Bumble is single and that Valentine's Day is traditionally a day for couples and we thought it doesn't really have to be about that and We did some research that found that a lot of people feel, especially in Australia and New Zealand, like quite self-conscious about their single status in the lead up to Valentine's Day. Um, I think it's just one of those kind of moments in the year where you are aware of your relationship status more than others, one of those milestones. And I think we kind of spoke about how important it is to have a positive relationship with yourself around those times and not to let that sort of external pressure impact the way that you might be dating. So we did a piece of research called the self-love report and it had some really fascinating findings because at Bumble, we are our whole premise is about helping people find connections and relationships that are healthy and equal. That's our, that's our whole premise. And the self-love report found really interesting things in New Zealand 73% of Kiwis believe self-love has to come from within. It can't come from an external partner, which is really interesting. And a similar amount found that self-love is the foundation for a healthy relationship. Um, so you, if you wanna have a healthy relationship, um, you, you really need to have a high, degree of self-love and a strong relationship with yourself to bring that into a relationship with a partner. And Kiwis also feel like it's the foundation for an equal relationship as well. So really interesting things to talk about with you today.
0: Yeah, we'll go through all this. We're going to run through it all. But I found that really interesting because while there are parts of it where you're like, wow, you know, there's obviously improvements for us all to make. It's really interesting that four out of five Kiwis, single Kiwis, believe that self-love has to come from within and not a romantic partner, because I think traditionally, if you think in lines of, you know, the dating landscape, that people often put all that focus on romantic relationships instead of self-love and into themselves, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel like people think that when you get in a relationship that it becomes a lot about the other person and their needs and that actually isn't the basis of a healthy and equal relationship. You know, you shouldn't set aside your own needs. You should both be invested in each other's needs and the needs you have together. You know, that's the basis of a, of a healthy and equal relationship. And in a healthy relationship, there'll be times where one person's needs take priority over the other. And, and that should, that's a natural course of life. Um, you see that when, especially when you have babies, you know, like, you know, the the person doing the brunt of that is usually the the woman and she'll have different needs. And then there might be another period of your life where, you know, your partner has, um, you know, some really big career things happening and like you need to support them in that part of their life. And And those are just like some examples of how you know some things in a relationship might take priority over time but that doesn't mean you lose sight of your individual needs as well and i think it across the board from your sexual confidence to your internal happiness all these things report higher levels of happiness when you have self love so much has to come from within and i think even if you are really focused on being a good partner in a relationship you are still a better partner if you have taken care of yourself first you know it's a little bit like advice they give you on the airplane you know when you're about to take off that you need to put your oxygen mask on before you help anyone else and that I think really is kind of the basis of how you should care for yourself in a relationship as well
0: yeah I can totally agree with that and we're going to go through all this throughout this conversation but I can totally agree with my experience I actually met my partner on Bumble I've heard we live together now we're almost not quite at two years congratulations Thank you. No, we love Bumble. We're big fans, obviously. Like, it has (laughs) helped us find each other and a really healthy relationship. And I can totally agree with what you're saying in terms of, you know, dating is so hard. And we're going to talk more about this at times when you're not really having the luck you wanted or, you know, you're not meeting the people. It can be so messy and so, oh, it's not always fun. But we're going to talk about all the fun things about it as well and how to make it fun for yourself further into our conversation. But I can so agree that when you focus on yourself and, you know, the self-care and just putting that love into yourself, your confidence does grow and you know what you're willing to, I guess, put up with, attract and what your standards are and I so can agree with my own experience on Bumble with what you're saying about making sure that you look after yourself first and then you're able to show up for others in a really good way as well.
1: Yeah and I think that doesn't just count for romantic relationships, that counts for your friendships, your family relationships, even your professional relationships as well. Like you really need to be like looking after your own yard before you go try and you know look after someone else's and touched on something there as well in that what you're willing to put up with and i think when you have high self-love high value in yourself high self-esteem you are less likely to put up with toxic behavior or accept less than what you think you deserve and that is also the same in reverse if you don't love yourself if you have low self-esteem if you don't value yourself or respect yourself then you are more likely to enter into situations in all aspects of your life that you wouldn't normally accept, that you deserve better than, but you don't believe you deserve better. So you might be more likely to end up in a toxic relationship or an unhealthy relationship or even an abusive relationship. I definitely think that if you are someone with high self-esteem, high self-love, that you've put the energy into that, you see the benefits and the type of people you attract and the relationship standards that you maintain.
0: Absolutely. And as we know, and as we're discussing now, it can have a profound impact on your life and the outcomes of your life based on how you feel about yourself and how you're showing other people that they're allowed to treat you as well, which we will get to soon because I think a lot of the time people when they're using Bumble, they're sort of wondering like, how do I find what I want? So we will get to that soon. But I really want to keep going through these points from the report. I find it so interesting, especially a lot of the results are actually higher than I would expect in a positive way, which I found really cool. I thought that would be a lot lower, you know, um, Kiwis and Australians we have um, like obviously a lot of Kiwi listeners, but Australian audience as well. And I thought that would be a bit lower than they are. So I'm very impressed, very surprised. And there's another stat here, which says that two thirds, which is 65% of Kiwi singles feel more sexually confident if they have high levels of self-love. So talk to us about this finding as well.
1: Yeah, and I think the the stats were different but very similar between Australia and New Zealand. So we're talking about if you're listening in Australia or if you're listening in New Zealand, it's all, all kind of much of a muchness. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? That you're more sexually confident when you love yourself. But actually it makes so much sense because if you think about what self-love means, it means it really means love is acceptance. Love is generosity, love is kindness, love is all of those things, and self-love is directing all of that at yourself. So with high levels of self-love, you are hopefully less critical of your body, you're less critical of, you know, what you look like naked, you know, and you're more confident in all of these areas, which is one, one huge part of sexual confidence. But then there's also the part where you feel confident to ask what you need, to talk about what you like and what you don't like. Um, which is hard to do no matter how much you love yourself. It can be a bit awkward and uncomfortable. But with that high self-esteem, that high self-love, that high regard in yourself, it makes it a lot easier. And people say they f- have more of the confidence to, um, to do all of those things, whether that means ask for what you want, have sex with the lights on, you know, it means different. To every- what, what's confronting for everyone is different. But I think it's really cool that people have said that.
0: Yeah, that's so great and and so empowering for people and to hear as well. It's a really healthy way to, I guess, view especially sexual connections, you know, when it is something so personal and something where you need to be really safe and and to really trust someone. And and you can have so much of a better experience if you do have that, I guess, standards and the
1: self-love around yourself, right? Exactly. And also, we've been speaking quite a bit about relationships, but also in casual dating, a high level of sexual confidence benefits you as well. Because if you are dating casually and you have that high level of sexual confidence, it also makes you better equipped to deal with rejection. And I find the topic of rejection really fascinating because it it is something we're not taught to deal with very well, especially as women. It is the integral part of dating when you think about it. Because if you are dating, even if you're casually dating, but if you're dating with the intention of one day finding a serious relationship, then the process is all about rejection, whether it's you being rejected or rejecting other people because you're going through that process of weeding people out in the hope of finding the one or multiple ones or whatever it might be. So rejection is crucial, whether that is you slept with someone and they may or may not want to do it again or you may or may not want to do it again or you've dated someone and it's not worked out or you've had a relationship and it's broken down. Rejection is Everywhere in dating. So, a high level of self love equips you much better to deal with that and to not let every encounter, sexual or romantic or whatever, that doesn't work out leave you, you know, damaged or less confident or less able to go into the next one without feeling like you can't cope or you won't be able to handle what.
0: Yeah, that's such a big one and something I know myself and a lot of other people I speak with find particularly hard, you know, maybe it's for women and heterosexual relationships, an experience that a lot of us share is that you may sleep with somebody and while it may be a casual dating situation, the anxiety you can get when you don't hear from them, they stop messaging you after you do it, the way it makes you feel about yourself. That is something I found so awful in dating, and it's a really tricky one because it makes you feel really crap about yourself. But it's just knowing that that's part of the experience, and it's even though it feels personal, it's probably not personal. It's just how it is, right?
1: Yeah, and like there's nothing worse than like being left on red. Like, I don't think even if you're, you know, self-confidence was through the roof like it's still going to knock you a bit but it's not about whether or not it makes you have an emotional reaction in the moment because that's normal that's totally normal it's whether or not that carries through to the rest of your day or the rest of your week or really impacts you know so if you are thinking oh i didn't get a reply with this guy i'm dating and it upset me i must not have high self-love it's like no course all those reactions are normal but did it upset you for a couple of hours or did it impact your dating experience for the next month or six months you know that's really what it's about and I don't always follow my own advice it's a bit of a do as I say not as I do situation (laughs) but when my friends come to me and say oh this guy um said that it's not going to work out or you know he only sees music I'm like great because if you're looking for a relationship this guy's opted out. It's self-selection or whatever the term is. You know, if you're looking to find a relationship, you want to weed out people that don't want a relationship with you pretty quickly. Rejection is a really interesting concept when it comes to all of this.
0: Totally. You're so right. And exactly what you're saying That, you know, someone's telling you, hey, I don't actually want a relationship. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. We can take that rejection or what we perceive as rejection quite personally. Oh, there's something wrong with me. Oh, no, it's, you know, I definitely experience that where you're like, oh, not again kind of thing. But then you're right. If we can try flip that to going, great, this sucks a little bit. I'm allowed to feel a little bit gutted about it. But also at the same time, this person's actually doing me a favor because, At least they're telling me, because there's nothing worse than dating someone, and I've had this happen before, when they say they want a relationship, and then you get six however many months in, and then they turn around and tell you, oh, I actually don't want a relationship now. And so if they can tell you that sooner, it actually helps you out a lot. And rather than get super upset about it, which you say, it's totally normal, feel the feels, get on with it, sort of thing, and just know that, hey, this person's actually done me a favor. It's just not the right person for me.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And try and get to that point, you know, almost as soon as like I'm not saying like hit up every guy in your DMs and ask him if he wants to be in a relationship with you today. But like, do try and get to that point kind of quickly. It's okay to ask. And it's also okay if their answer is no, like you will survive either way.
0: Still to come, we discuss the messaging women have been taught to wait and follow and why it's okay to ask what's going on and say what you want spoiler alert it doesn't make you crazy plus dating anxiety our experiences and tips for setting up your profile and dating we'll be back with all of that and more after a quick break and a message from our sponsor
1: a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: We're going to talk about the Bumble feature that can particularly help with this, because I definitely had it on that, you know, what are you looking for, you know, a relationship, I personally found people who said don't know, especially if the, and maybe that's just my judgments, but it's like a 35 year old male, it's like, says he doesn't know what he wants. Like, what do you mean? You don't know what you want, but then it's okay to not know what you want at the same time. Maybe you are looking for something more casual, but that's a really good feature to use. And I think it's actually okay. As, it dep- I mean, I don't even think it's an age thing, but definitely as I got closer to 30 and into my early thirties, I don't see what's wrong with asking people if they want a relationship, even though we've sort of been conditioned to think that that's quite a full on thing to ask somebody.
1: Yeah, I think that as women, we see receive a lot of implicit training in making things easier for men, which is don't ask for what you want. Don't talk about a relationship until, you know, this like mystical time when apparently it's okay, that's different for everyone. Like, don't ask that you'll look crazy. You know, this whole like myth of the crazy woman. Every time I hear a man say he has a crazy ex-girlfriend, I'm like, what did you do to her? You know?
0: <laughs> red flags, massive red flag if someone says that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are, and of course there are, um, probably are some crazy people out there, but there is so much... Um, subliminal messaging to women to take this softly, softly approach, don't ask, wait for them to come to you. And that's just not what Bumble is about at all. Our whole premise that our CEO and founder Whitney Wolfert, the whole premise in which she based Bumble was this, this idea that women have to wait, women have to be given permission, women have to wait for a man to ask them out, wait for a man to give them their number, wait for a man to progress at every stage of the relationship. I mean, that's crazy. Like, we don't allow that dynamic in so many other parts of our lives. Like, that's not how we want to live our life at work. That's not how a lot of our personal friendship dynamics work. So it is really wild that we still have such traditional views about dating. But, yeah, the whole concept of Bumble was women make the first move to see what happens when you change all of this stuff up it actually is great for everyone in that sense because it teaches men that they don't have to be the aggressor all the time and also teaches women that it's okay to be in control and take some agency and be empowered and when those two things happen together does it work out for the best people like you're an example of yes it does
0: <laughs> I completely love that though, and I, I so love Bumble's whole ethos because I think totally uh, we need to tell people that it's okay to ask people what they're looking for when you're entering into a romantic connection, whether that's a relationship or not. You don't need to feel like you're crazy or you're asking too much. Like, we've a lot of us have had. And again, like you say, that subliminal teaching we've been taught along the way. I'm sure that men get it as well, but we get taught that, you know, we have to kind of follow their lead and, oh yeah, don't ask, like, that's a bit full on. I've been told that it's like, oh, it's a bit full on to ask that. It's like, why should you have to spend however many weeks, months of your life in something if that causes you a lot of anxiety and you're feeling unsure? Because anxiety is something a lot of us experience, especially in a dating situation when you know, it's a very vulnerable thing to put yourself out there like that and to not know what's happening. There's nothing crazy or weird about wanting to know where you stand. And it's not like on the second date, you're like, are you going to marry me? You know, it's just knowing what this person's about and what they're looking for. And if that matches up with what you're
1: after. Exactly. And also, like, especially like I'm in my 30s of dating, so it is a, it is a bit different. But also the whole concept of like a timeline is really crazy to me because the amount of time that you've been speaking to someone or dating someone doesn't give any kind of insight into how intimate your relationship is or how serious things might be. You know, you might have only been on a few dates with someone, but you might have had really intimate, deep conversations. Or you might've been on 10 dates with someone and had none of that, you know? So the idea that, oh, on the third date, you do this. And on the fifth date, you do this. like it's all arbitrary rules made up by who knows who that don't actually factor in anything about what has happened between two people. So you could say, Oh, yeah, if you're asking about in a relationship, on a third date, like you're crazy. Well, like, who says like, what if those three dates have been incredibly intimate experiences, where you have both shared like a lot of things about each other, talked about the future, like who's to say, you know? So I think all of this, a lot of the rules that we are taught to follow around dating, I just, they're made up. They're not based in anything that is relevant to our lives today. So feel free not to follow them in my opinion.
0: Yeah, totally. It's, It's this little unspoken rule that don't sleep with someone until this many dates. But the thing is, even if you... Do that whenever you do, and that's totally okay. It's your choice, your judgment. You know, one thing I learned through dating, and I think it's really important to share, is if it's meant to work out, it will, and no wrong or right thing you do will impact that. You know, if you're meant to be with someone, or maybe you don't want to have a romantic relationship with them, nothing you can do or don't do will impact that. Obviously, there's some things that maybe could. The whole following the rules, like don't ask what this person wants, don't ask how they feel about you, don't sleep with them or whatever, that's going to have no impact on if it's going to work out or not. No.
1: And, you know, like if someone is the type of person that's not going to respect you after you've slept with them, doesn't matter if it's date one, two, three, four, five, that's who that person is, you know. I don't know why we... Follow all these rules that are based in a logical theory and and kind of based around the idea of someone a man we're we're talking about sort of in heterosexual relationships here but a man will only respect you if you do this or that or follow these rules and it's like a man respects you or he doesn't whether or not someone respects you has so little to do with you and everything to do with them and their ability to trust and show respect and all those kind of things. So it's kind of all just so arbitrary.
0: Yeah, and it's sort of coming back to that rejection thing again that in this situation as well, it's not always about you. It's actually about them and how they feel and how they're going to act. And rather than seeing that as, oh, no, I'm not good enough, they don't like me, start thinking, do I like this person? You know, like you said, if they're not going to respect you, they're going to sleep with you and then not speak to you afterwards. Is that something you want to put up with? Is that a value you like in your life? Rather than thinking about, oh no, they don't like me, or do they like me? I think that's a really good way to flip the thinking a bit.
1: Yeah, and I mean, personally, I lost a lot of time in my twenties <laughs> chasing guys like that, where it was like, okay, well, he clearly doesn't respect me, so um, I'm going to do all these things to like try and like make this work, and and now I'm like, if someone shows you to your face that you they don't respect you like that is a reflection of them and you should be running for the hills as fast as you possibly can
0: oh i i can so relate to that
1: yeah Yeah. but now whenever i talk to someone but you know and it's like run that man does not respect you and he has done the wrong thing you know he should be begging for your time and attention And if he's treating you with disrespect, that's your sign to get out of there, not your sign to try and fix something you've done.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's, it's probably a deep question, but I wonder if that's, obviously that comes down to self-esteem, but it could be a gender role thing. Could that be another thing that we've been taught throughout generations? That's how people behave, because... I could so relate with that. I learned in my twenties, like you, if a guy was not treating you very nicely, well, I really liked them and you know, I'd I'd be like, Oh, how can you know, how can I make this work? Whereas if a person turned up that was really secure and consistent and kind, I thought that was boring. Everyone gets to that point at different times, but for me getting into my thirties, I was realizing that actually boring isn't boring it's just healthy and the other one is not healthy
1: yeah i've had similar experiences where it's like is boring boring or is boring the absence of all those kind of dramatic like the absence of that anxiety the anxiety of does this person like me they're not very very clear about it like is this person going to talk to me again because i never know that kind of anxiety can feel like passion and you know all of this like really high emotion but actually it's not very healthy and maybe not having that is like you said healthy and good and something you should be aiming for rather than aiming for those relationships where you're strung out all the time.
0: Yeah it took me so long to work out and I thought that that was the spark and that the spark was hard to find but the more I learned about attachment types, and and I went to therapy because it would happen over and over again where I'd even past that where it was it was entering into I guess situationships or start of relationships. I just would get so frustrated. And as you as women get older, we start almost freaking out that oh, like you know you you start worrying. And and I didn't want that anymore. So learning about attachment types and that the spark maybe for me was my anxious attachment type attracted to an avoidant attachment type rather than secure. So for me, for so long, I thought sec- people who are secure attachment types, again, that's safe, the um, consistent, the you know healthy. I thought that was so boring and there was just no spark to it in my mind at that time anyway.
1: Yeah, and I think so often, I totally relate to what you're saying, that that spark is actually fear. Like it's fear, is this gonna work out? Is this person gonna leave me? And the start of a relationship that's like the magic time. Often we get that confused with what we just have been speaking about, that spark, that anxiety. But actually, we did another piece of research looking at like what the dating trends are going to be this year. And one of the overwhelming themes was that people this year are really valuing emotional maturity over like physical attractiveness. And I think that ties into this conversation quite nicely because that was like a a real moment for me that is actually something that like the emotional connection that you have with someone is so much more important thing to value and nurture than all of the other stuff whether it's the physical stuff or the you know all of this anxiety stuff that we've been talking about so you know 10 years ago I was so attracted to someone if they made me feel scared and nervous and all of these things and if they were doing all the things that made me feel like it was a high drama passionate kind of relationship and now I'm finding myself so much more feeling more connected if I can tell that someone is kind if someone is generous if someone is funny but in that way that isn't necessarily making fun of you you want to be able to have a bit of that kind of humor, but in that way that connects you.
0: Yeah, totally. And you want to know that, not that you're in a relationship yet in that early stage of dating, but I would have an experience with one person that went on for far too long, where it was all, you know, intense and good. And then they'd disappear for like a week or two and not speak to me. And then they'd come back. It was so stressful. Like it can really affect you mentally and it can affect your health as well. And Life's too short for people who aren't sure about you. And, you know, if they don't want to have a relationship, that's fine. But don't waste your time on them, right? If you want that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like we've had a lot of, I feel like we've had a lot of the same type of relationships.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because it's funny. I was like in my early 20s, I was settled down. I owned a house with somebody. And then from my, I think it was like 26, I was single. And it was just till about 32, I was like in smaller relationships, but yeah, so I completely understand. And it's a lot of learning and finally we can get the message. But yeah, it's it's really hard. I do feel for people who are going through a similar experience because it's a, not for the faint hearted. <laughs> there is a feature on Bumble which helps you in terms of finding, you know, people who are similar to you and, and what you're looking for. And that feature, you know, with the, you're looking for a relationship we've touched on you're looking for something casual. Talk us through those uh, badges and why they're really important to use.
1: They're really important firstly because your Bumble profile has limited real estate, right? You only have so much room to talk about yourself to communicate what you want your potential matches to know. So they, they serve a functional purpose, which is you can add things like your height, your star sign, whether you smoke, whether you drink, your relationship intentions, like you said, which is a time saver. So now you're not writing any of that stuff in your bio, you know, and then your bio can be better. You can be a bit more prescriptive there. But also there are sp- certain badges that are really important because the relationship intentions one in particular, I think that is where you are finding the most incompatibility in dating. If you've got someone that is very clearly wanting to date casually and someone that is dating with the intention of finding a serious relationship, so often those people end up on dates with each other. And, you know, it's like, that's fun. But also like if those aren't going to be compatible for a second date or a third date, then the intention behind that badge is to help those people find the other casual daters or find the other people that are looking for relationships and just help you direct yourself and have a bit more, I guess, of a strategy in who you're swiping on. Because I always say online dating is quality over quantity. I think a lot of people get caught up in the idea that I need to get heaps of matches, I need to get all of this validation that way. And it's like, you know what, a hundred matches are worthless if they aren't the type of people that you want to go on dates with, if you're not going to be compatible, if you don't want the same things. So five matches of high quality People that are compatible where you want the same things that's so much better
0: yeah totally so what would be some advice you had for people who are using bumble i guess having those badges on first and foremost and if you are someone that is looking for a relationship don't be matching going on dates people who want a casual uh, casual situation because one thing i remember a friend said to me yeah doesn't matter how hot they are <laughs> yeah a friend said to me she's like oh no i can change the-. i think that's another perception that girls have sometimes is i can change their mind <laughs>
1: Do you want to put yourself through that though? And I think a lot of it comes down to the kind of social conditioning we have that all men say they don't want a relationship and they can all have their minds changed for the right person. And it's like, well, no, That some men mean it when they say they don't want a relationship. And also, yeah, maybe you can change their mind, but like, that's not your job. That's hard work. Like, why Why not just try to find someone that wants the same thing as you?
0: Yeah, so aside from putting that badge on and you know having a look at what someone else has on their profile and with who you're matching with what would be some advice for that process on you know like you say it's quality over quantity in terms of being selective and that process of matching with people on bumble
1: I always say it's really important to lead with positivity so the relationship one for example people respond well to positivity so saying I'm looking to date for a relationship, is going to be perceived better than not looking for a hookup. Both say the same thing, but one has that kind of negative light and one is more positive. And also you can say that you are looking for a relationship in a way that doesn't have to seem intense. But also if you want to be intense, who says you can't be? But if you don't want to be, the best um, bumble buyer that I ever saw said casually looking for something serious which I thought was just such a cool way of explaining it. I'm not hunting down a partner, but I am looking for that, which I thought was really cool. And then without oversharing or sharing more than what you're comfortable with, it's about communicating the authentic version of you. So that means not treating your profile like your Instagram. Your Instagram can be full of like hot selfies and like all the very filtered stuff, but you're looking to find someone to date you, not like, you know, like all your photos and like hype you up on Instagram. That means being authentic. So being like we've discussed open about what you're looking for, talking about your interests, showing photos that tell a story about yourself. So like six selfies in a row aren't really going to tell anyone anything about you. So your first photo should just be you and it should be relatively like unfiltered and people want to know what you look like you know they don't want to see you with a snapchat flower crown on your head or whatever it might be iconic <laughs> the flower yeah. crown yeah. <laughs> I know they had their moment but it's done no sunglasses is like a golden rule as well um especially for men The amount of like men that you'll see with like selfies with sunglasses on, I'm like, I have no idea what you look like, who you are. And then a few group photos, but not too many. But then also photos of you that are interesting, that tell a story that will give people something to talk to you about. So travel photos are a really good one. Your most recent holiday or your favorite travel destination. And if you are really outdoorsy kind of person, photos that show that or... If you, I don't know, love baking, you in the kitchen, whatever it might be, that like tell a story about your personality and, and you give an opportunity to be able to be like, oh, I might have something in common with them. You can also add interest badges. So there's like a hundred, I think, that you can choose from and you can add up to five and that can give more information about what type of music you like. If you, like to party if you don't like to party often the mistakes that you see people make is we'll add like a profile prompt for example will be the way to my heart is a no right food what type of food home-cooked food restaurant food what cuisine I love cooking Italian and I love going out to eat Mexican or whatever like at the very least if someone matches with you they're going to be like oh I know a great Mexican restaurant so it's about helping Add things to your profile so that when people match with you, it's hard talking to a stranger. So you kind of need to have like a bit of background information. Like, oh, I saw you like this and things that will get the conversation going.
0: That's really good advice, actually, because I remember for a long time, I would have nothing written on my bio, which I know is the worst thing ever. And then once I actually wrote a good bio, cause yeah, it can be hard to know what to write. And what you said before was really interesting. So it's like focusing on the positives rather than the negatives, like focus on what you are looking for and not what you're not looking for. Yeah,
1: exactly right. And if you are a woman looking to date men, I once spoke to a woman once who said that she put a photo of herself. She went for like a joy flight somewhere on a plane. And it was like her sitting in the pilot's seat of a plane and she's like, never had so many matches on men talking to me wanting to know where the photo was from. If that gives you a bit of a tip, Anything gimmicky like that, I guess, also works. It's a conversation starter, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. All the people will trick you. Like, I got tricked by my boyfriend, he had a dog, and it wasn't even his dog. It was someone else. Like, they did it with a friends that were on a holiday or something with a bunch of friends, and the girls were saying, oh, look, t- hold a photo of this dog. Girls on the- on Bumble love dogs. And, yeah, I was like, where's your dog? And it wasn't even his. So, yeah, you can get tricked all the time by that one.
1: There's a name for that. It's called dog fishing, like catfishing, but when ah. it's not your dog. (laughs)
0: guys do it all the time or like holding someone's baby and then you're thinking is this your baby or like you were proud uncle or something yeah
1: that's like the, the fishing photo the
0: number of times you would see a photo of a guy holding a fish or like a dead pig and I personally I don't want to see a photo of your dead pig Darren like that doesn't really do it for me like it's quite grim and quite morbid really.
1: Yeah and it's like I'm not sure you understand the target audience (laughs) but congratulations on your dead pig I'm going to be moving on.
0: Yeah exactly and what would be some advice so that's part of setting up your profile you're giving us some really good tips but what would be some advice you have for singles on Bumble who are wanting to meet someone in the modern age and I guess taking it to that next step and going on dates and meeting with people?
1: I think you just have to ask people out go on heaps of dates it sounds silly but it all breeds confidence if you are someone that hasn't been on a date in a while or just got out of a relationship and you're maybe using the apps for the first time match with some people ask people out go on some dates they may not all work out none of them may work out but it's all part of the experience and Kind of getting some practice under your belt, you know, of talking to people and meeting people. And once you've done it a few times, it becomes so much less scary. If you have been in a relationship for years, the first time you go on a date with someone else or sleep with someone else, like that's going to be really scary. The second time, not so much. The third time, not so much. It gets easier. And also, I think it Zoe Foster Blake said, a date breeds more dates. Once you get into the swing of things, you become more confident and that confidence becomes attractive. And also, you just become less in your head about it. It's also okay to date multiple people at once. There's no rule against that. I think that in Australia and New Zealand, we aren't really that good at that. We don't have the kind of dating culture that exists in New York or London, where it's normal to go on three dates a week with three different people and kind of be testing out and see what type of people you like, what you want to do. Having a kind of one at a time approach can limit your options, but also make you like we spoke at the beginning about being invested and getting hurt when things don't work out and rejection, I think, especially for women, but men too if you are taking this kind of one-at-a-time approach in casual dating there's a risk that you get quite invested in that person and then feel really dejected when it doesn't work out whereas if you kind of spread yourself out a little bit and talk to a few different people go on a few dates with a few different people you ultimately won't be as dejected when one of them kind of drops out or, or doesn't work out that doesn't mean that you date multiple people forever unless maybe that's what you're into but I think it's just kind of a less risky approach at the start because you've got a few different things going on you're not overly invested in any one person and then if you start to feel more attached or more of a connection with one person you can kind of invest more in that but see how you go
0: that's actually such good advice rather than getting too attached to one person who isn't actually your boyfriend yet like they're not you're not in a relationship with them yet so they don't owe that to you, you don't owe that to them. So you can go on dates with as many people as you like because you don't actually, you're not in a committed relationship yet.
1: And I think it gives you good perspective as well. And it helps you learn what you like, what you don't like, what your type, like I don't really believe in types, but it helps you maybe figure out what your type is, what type of person, what type of sense of humor you like, what type of relationship style works for you, what kind of dates you like to go on. It's okay to experiment. And you're not doing anything wrong by doing that.
0: That's all we've got time for. If you're listening in real time as this episode is released, part two of this conversation will be out next Monday. And if you're listening after that, you've got both episodes to binge back to back. We talk about dating fatigue, things to help, more tips for dating, and we discuss the societal pressures on being in a relationship, even if it's not a healthy one, because being single is perceived as being less than. Plus, more from Bumble's Self-Love Report and ways we can improve our relationship with ourselves. Please support the Self-Love Club by hitting follow on your podcast app to subscribe. We're on all of them. Also, if you're enjoying listening, please leave us a five-star rating and write us a kind review. And send the link to a friend, someone who you think this will really help. You know, you've had these conversations between your friends yourselves. Send them the link so they can listen as well. You can find us, follow at self-love club podcast on Instagram, where you can watch videos of this conversation, more of the rest of our content. Plus, you can find me at Belle Crawford on Instagram, Bell underscore Crawford on TikTok, with all the details in the show notes. Plus, come join our private Facebook group. We'd love to see you there. I'll catch you soon. Bye.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.